It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. Welcome, friends. I'm glad you're here. We've got lots to talk about this morning. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. One of the things that good gardeners always do is think about what effect the weather is going to have on their garden practices. Sometimes the weather is just too cold, like this afternoon. It's going to be chilly outside. Sometimes it's too rainy, too wet, too hot, too whatever. But one of the things that's interesting to think about is that there are occasionally pesticides that you need to rein in, to water in, in order for them to work effectively. I'm thinking particularly of um, pre-emergence. They're usually applied around the first week of March. It wouldn't hurt particularly to put them down today, but they all have to be watered in. And you just heard Kirk say it's going to be rain, sleet, blah, 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 on Monday. And so if you want to get out and put a pre-emergent out to prevent the summer weeds, you could do that right now. Or you could wait until a more a little bit warmer day in the rain from the forecast sometime in the latter part of this month, the early part of March. You'd be fine there. Another thing that you can do right now with the rain coming, with the rain in the offing, if you have onions, you know those wild onion little clumps that stick up in the ground? They're so visible right now. Onions are cool season plants, and they love to grow in the wintertime. And I saw just thousands of clumps of them as I've been driving around this week. But one of the chemicals that's very effective against onions is called... Um, let me give you a brand name. It's the Image for Nutgrass Control. And there are a couple more, but Image for Nutgrass Control is one that has to be watered in because you want to get the pesticide, the herbicide down there where the onions are, not up where the tops are. You can spray Roundup if you want to on the tops of onions, but you'll only get 40% maybe control of the onion clump. If you use some of the other reined-in products that get down into the root system of the onions, you'll get 90 to 95% control. And what's, you know, what's keeping you from doing that? Now, there's some of you who are saying, oh, no, well, you're not going to use any chemicals on the onions. We'd rather dig them up. You can dig them up, and that is a legitimate thing to do, to dig onions up. But just make sure you get the whole clump. Don't leave any of those little white bulbs in the ground because each and every one of them is going to sprout whenever the weather turns and they have a, a chance to sprout up again. Yeah, I use a little a water-powered weeder kind of thing that you stick on the ground and you uh, turn the water onto it. It circles around a little bit and liquefies the soil around a clump of onions, and you can just lift them right out of the soil right there. It doesn't make a big divot in the ground like digging wood, but you can water weed is what I call it. You use a water weeder to, uh, to liquefy the soil and lift the whole clump of onions out of the ground. That works great. It doesn't take much effort at all. So that's an organic way to control onions. But if you need to do the chemical way, water it in. Get it down there where the roots can get it. John is in coming. And John joins us on Lawn and Garden. Well, hey, John. Good morning, morning, Walter. Hey, man. So last year I installed about 11, 11 pallets of Tiffran Bermuda in the backyard. Okay. Yeah, I just got just got tired of it eroding and not looking right. So we put all the sod down. I spoke to you later in the year because I wasn't happy with the way it was looking. Okay. And you recommended I switch over to a real mower, which I did, and that made a big difference. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty, pretty long then. So what I'm looking at this year is I'd like to get it a little thicker and a little plusher. And using the real mower, because it was cutting it so tight, 
Yeah. You could see every little undulation. In the <laughs> yeah, sure. That's the <laughs> downside of a reel more. You see every little pocket and rut you got. Yeah, sure. Exactly. So what I'm thinking about this year is scalping it and top dressing it to try to level it up over time. What okay. are your thoughts on that? Uh, not now. That's the first thing. Timing is important here. And uh, the time to do it, though, um, 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 John, is going to be when the Bermuda grass is just about complete with its green up. And that's not going to be until late April, maybe even early May. When you cut it down pretty low, well, you got that nice real mower. Wow. Uh, so you cut it down pretty low, three-quarters of an inch if you can get there, just as low as you can do it without hurting the grass and getting down into the dirt. And then you spread top-dressing material over the top, and I do not mean sand. Sand is not top-dressing, except if you live on a golf course where they have a sand base. It works fine. But... Um, for homeowners, you can you can buy top dressing material. Uh, Soil Cube, S O I L three Soil Cube uh, has a top dressing material that they'll deliver to the house that you can just scoop it up with a shovel and broom it. You can spread it with a shovel and then broom it in. That's a good top dressing material. You can make your own by using planting soil and some uh, real gritty sand and mix those half and half in a wheelbarrow and use that for your top dressing material. But the time to do it is late April probably. All right, so you're saying wait till it greens up, not when it's dormant. You got it. You got it. Because right. it's going to have a hard time. If you have any real low places that are covered by your top dressing material in the wintertime, water's going to stand there, and that is the death of Bermuda grass. And you don't want any kind of water standing. You'd like the grass to be growing pretty rapidly as it's uh, getting through the top dressing material, and that's going to be late April. Great. Thank you very much, Walter. Nothing to it. I want to see a picture, John. It's going to be gorgeous. Yes, sir. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Real lawnmower. Come on, John. He spent some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. He spent some money for that real lawnmower. But boy, oh boy, you can make a pretty Braves stadium-looking lawn with that. Brian is in Douglasville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you? I'm up. I'm all right. I'm here. What's going on? <laughs> i got a quick question. Um, the best time of the year to fertilize centipede. Um, when it is, here's a rule of thumb. Got a good rule of thumb here. Um, all lawn grasses do best when fertilized just before, or I shouldn't say just before, just as they are about 50 to 90% green. Some closer to 90%, some 50% would be okay. With centipede, I'm going to put you on the latter, latter um, uh, fertilizing date, and so I'm going to say, and when the centipede is about 80 to 90 percent green, Brian, then it's when you fertilize. What type of fertilizer for centipede? Uh, you know, you have so long of a time before the really good fertilizing time happens, you have plenty of time to do a soil test. Have you ever tested your soil to see what it needs to make centipede happy? I just put it down last year. Yeah. Uh, so it, it took off really well. Yeah, but have you ever tested the soil to see? No, I haven't. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I got attention of 100,000, maybe more people who are listening right now. One website to go to, georgiasoiltest.com. I made a special page for you, for you, Brian, and for everybody else, georgiasoiltest.com. And it tells the details of why and how. And for a slight fee, you can collect your soil, send it into the university lab. They'll send you back a report within five days. And it says, for your centipede lawn, Brian, you need this and this and this and this. And that'll tell you if it needs phosphorus or it needs potassium or it needs some more magnesium or things like that. We just 
throwing out some 15-0-15 or some 12-4-8 or some 29-3-2 or you know, all those other brands of fertilizer. You just don't know. It's like, you know, like yeah, Brian behind the wall saying, let's stick some cereal in there and see if Brian likes that. Let's stick some milk in there and see if Brian likes that. I wonder if Brian would like wood shavings. Let's see if he likes that. You don't know what the lawn needs, just like you wouldn't know what you would need if you put yourself behind a wall to be fed. So have the soil tested. Come on. Gotcha. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. GeorgiaSoilTest.com, and we'll do it when it's 80 to 90 percent green. Sometime in April, I think, would be about right for centipede lawns. Our phone number, 404-872-0750. Eric, by the way, mentioned a minute ago that if you have moles in your lawn, I told him about mole control in lawns, and he said if you have a Jack Russell Terrier, they can dig them up which I don't disagree with, but Jack Russell Terriers also make big divots in the lawn as they dig that little mole up and bring it to you to say how proud they are of bringing you a little Valentine's present. So if you want to use a Jack Russell, fine, but they can make a mess. John's in Douglasville. He has a real quick question for us. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning. Well, it's another great show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was, uh, I was, talk- I was asking about uh, uh, knockout roses. I think about... Uh, about a week or so ago, maybe a week and a half ago, you had a show on uh, pruning back or cutting back knockout roses. Yeah, sure. I, I have a six-foot by probably five-foot knockout. Instead of pruning, can I use my head trimmer to cut it back? Mm-hmm. John, you can, but you're not going to get nearly the flowers you would if you hand pruned it. I, I, I know it's a pain in the rear and get thorns all over yeah. your hands. Get a leather yeah. glove, put it on your right hand, on your left hand, and use your right hand to prune, and cut it down to about the level, about 16 inches below where you want flowers. So if you want flowers at three feet, cut it down to 18 inches. If you want flowers at four feet, cut it down 18 inches below that point, or 16 inches, I should say, below that. Um, but hedge trimmers over the top of a knockout rose will cause the top of it to be real, real green and the middle of it to be real, real shaded out. And that's uh-huh. going to de- make your rose production decline pretty drastically. If you do it more than once or twice, you'll have a real green shrub and a few flowers on top of it, but really not much underneath there. And that's not, to me, what makes them look their best. Uh, and I know I will listen to that show and I, I heard you say something about, yeah, you can use the yeah, head trimmer, but I didn't know if you were talking about knockout or what else. No, I mean, now I mean, you're saying I want to get to be about three feet, so cut it down by eighteen inches below that. About sixteen below where you want the flowers 16. to be. Okay, yep. sixteen, sixteen. All right, Walter. I mean, Walter, I'm, a, I'm one of those trucks that you were talking about. <laughs> Drive safely, John. Thank you. We'll see you, man. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. The number will be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today's Joy's weather can be brought to you by the letter C. The letter C, which stands for cold and clear. Sunshine all around, sure, but afternoon highs only in the very low 40s today. Temperatures dropping to the low 20s. Scattered clouds overnight. 
and look forward on Monday to a little rain and keep tuned right here because Kirk Mellish has your full weekend forecast in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Let's take a minute right here to give away the weekend prize pack. Rachel Perry is thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Hall & Oates on Thursday, May 19th, 2016 at the Lakewood Amphitheater. A 60-minute massage, yeah, from any of the eight participating La Vida locations. A family four-pack of tickets to see the upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Center. Rachel, who wins? That'll be caller number four. Caller number four to our contest line, 404 741 0750 gets to go to all these neat places with a massage at 726 we got let's see do do travis in dallas travis join us on lawny garden hey trap hey walter how are you let's go real quickly basically you want to know how to fix bottom rot on tomatoes right yes sir I used to say that you'd put a little lime in the hole when you plant them. I used to say that you put sheetrock powder in the hole when you plant them. I have been proven wrong. Research shows the best way to prevent blossom end rot on tomatoes is to keep them watered appropriately. Don't let them dry out between waterings. That is the best way to get calcium dissolved in the sap and take it out to the fruit when they're little bitty things so that the bottom does not have that blossom end rot on them. And that is the key. Consistent watering, that's it. Okay, how do I know if I'm overwatering them? If it's soggy. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know, you just have to go out there with your hands and pick up some dirt, Travis, and mash it. And if it's consistently soggy, that's not good for tomatoes in general. It's not good for keeping the calcium at the levels they need. They need to dry out just a little bit between waterings. If you can accomplish that, then the tomatoes will be fine. You won't have that ugly blossom end right on the end of the fruit. Life is good in containers or in the ground. Consistent watering, don't let them dry out, and you'll be fine with blossom end rot control. It's 728. We'll be back after news. and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 28 Six degrees outside. This is a lawn and this is the lawn and garden show. There's only one. There's this is the lawn and garden show. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do outside in your garden, in your landscape, with your trees, with your shrubs, indoor plants, animal control, you name it. We got the information right here. Research-based information. I'm not going to give you anything that I think might work that I heard from a neighbor over the fence. We're going to talk about what really, really does work. We go to AJ in Gwinnett County, who joins us in Lawn and Garden. AJ, hey man, good morning. Good morning, how's it going? What's going all right. What's, what's the question, AJ? I've been uh, in Gwinnett about six years, and I'm originally from Florida, so I'm used to having real nice green grass, and I've just not been able to do anything with the grass that I have mm. here. What grass do you have now, AJ? I, I believe it's Demeter. Yeah. I've, you know, I've hired all those uh, lawn care companies, True Greens, and right. all those guys, and right. I have not been successful at all. How much sunshine do you have? Let's just start right there. How much sun? Uh, in the front of the house is very sunny. The back, the back of my house is is uh, shaded because I'm, I'm uh, the woods are back there. Yeah. But in the front of the house, it gets really sunny. 
Let's talk about a lot, a lot of weeds. Let's talk about the front of the house then, because shade and grass really and truly don't mix with each other very well. So that's going to be a discussion for another day, AJ. But as far as the front of the house goes, if you have Bermuda grass growing in front of your house, it should be during the summertime, deep, pretty, nice, no weeds. Everybody's happy. And frankly, it shouldn't have many weeds in the wintertime, although, as you found out, it's going to be sort of brown because that's what Bermuda grass nature is. So is your goal to have the grass green all year long, AJ, or just to have it the best it can be in the summertime? The best I can in the summertime and, and definitely to get rid of the weeds that I have. The, the, uh, the, uh, what do they call them? Crabgrass? Crab, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Crabgrass, yeah, bluegrass, about. onions yeah, right now, and all sorts of things. Um, here's one thing I would do. You said you've had lawn care companies. Lawn care yeah, companies, sure. how can I say this very tactfully here? Sometimes lawn care companies, because of the demands of scheduling, and that is really the big thing. They need to keep the guys out there working every day, every day. And sometimes they'll put down a weed preventer or a weed controller at not quite the best time or a fertilizer at not quite the best time because that simply is the week the guys are, you know, scheduled to be at AJ's house out there. So whenever you hire, if you hire another company, you need to start with pictures. You start by having had some pictures, print them out and say, friends, this is what I have in my lawn right now. It is not full. It is not green in the summertime. It does have weeds. And when we finish up in the summer, if it's fine and clear and pretty and green, you, my friend, are going to be having a renewal for next year. And if you can't do it, I need somebody else. So make them prove their worth to you. And there's some lawn care companies that are excellent but in my opinion, many times it is the smaller companies who have a little bit more leeway on when they can do it at the perfect time for weed and fertilizer and all that kind of stuff. And if you want to do it yourself, AJ, I'm about to tell you how to do it yourself. All right? Okay. All right. Yep. No, number one, timing is key. I've said that already about the, the companies. Timing is key. The way you prevent summertime weeds in Bermuda lawns is to put a pre-emergent down around the 1st of March. If you mess around and wait until April, you're going to miss some of the weeds. They'll already be up, and the pre-emergent won't work as well. First of March. That's the first timing issue. Second thing. I know that they're selling. I'm sorry, I'm cut you. I know they're selling pre-emergent now, like at your Home Depot. Oh yeah. But is it too early to put it down now? Yeah. Okay. I really, you can put it down now if you want to. It'll lose a tiny bit of effectiveness. I'm not going to argue too much with the lawn care companies who put it down now. But the right time to do it is the first week of March. Okay. All right. Great. Second thing, timing. Fertilizing Bermuda grass is time sensitive. It needs to be put out the first time when it's at least 50%, closer to 90% green. And that is going to wait mid April or so, depending on the weather. But around the mid April time is when it finally gets to be 50 or 60 or 70% green. Don't put fertilizer on Bermuda grass when it's brown. Bad thing to do. Okay. All right. Third thing about timing is that Bermuda grass is a heavy feeder. It needs to be fed at least twice, if not three or four times during the summertime. And you know, quite honestly, AJ, many of it must, much of it depends on how much you like to mow. If you like to mow and you want it to be really deep green, four-time feeding during the summertime at about six or seven-week intervals is about right. But just be aware that whenever you put fertilizer on grass, it does what it does the best. It grows high and green and makes you want to get the lawnmower out. So, you know, you choose your, choose your poison there, how, how often you want to fertilize. But don't start it until it's 50 to 90 percent green. Another time, probably in June, and another time maybe in, in July, August, maybe it'd be three times. And then four times, you can 
squeeze those up a little bit and do it the four times during the summer. So do you, uh, what, I guess, pre-emergent do you recommend? I, I can't you know, Halts, there's several brand names. Halts is one. Um, there's Lesco. Pike has a real good pre-emergent that has the chemical dithiopyr in it. So if you go to Pike's, you can get their pre-emergent and use that. Just use the label. And I mentioned earlier that you, the timing of putting down a pre-emergent is do it before it rains. Otherwise, you have to go out and water it in. So that's why I said earlier, you could even put a pre-emergent down today because we know it's going to rain on Monday, but probably be better to wait a couple of weeks and wait till Kirk says it's going to rain then before you put a pre down at the 1st of March. Okay, so you said 1st of March, pre-emergent, mid-April, uh, for the fertilizer. fertilizer. Yeah, you got it. And then um, fertilizer, I guess, as much as, as I want to As hope. needed, yeah, during the other time. Now, AJ, I need to go to somebody else right now, but I'll give you one more yes, bit of information, and that is if you go online and go to my website, WalterReeves.com, type in two words in my search line, lawn calendars. Two, word, uh, okay. two words, and it's plural calendars, and that'll get you to the right page. It has a calendar of care and the right month and the right time and the, everything you need to know about seeding and feeding and fertilizing and pre-emergence and all these other things. And for Bermuda, for all the long grasses, it doesn't matter which you have. And so go on WalterReeves.com, lawn calendars. Type that in, AJ, and you'll get some really, really good information about how to time out these things. That is the key to having a really pretty lawn. So, I mean, and some stuff about organic lawn care, too which is uh, always a possibility for organically taking care of your lawn. Thanks for calling, AJ. Let's go to our next caller. Ann is out in Greensboro, Georgia, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ann, good morning. Morning. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's to you, Ann. Thank you so much. How can I help? So I've got these uh, Carissa Hollies, and they're probably three feet by maybe two and a half or maybe almost three feet, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to cut them way back. Why? I mean, they're small to begin with, Ann. Okay, so maybe they're four feet by four feet. They're really big. Okay, but if you've had a Burford holly ever in your life, you know you don't know what really big is until you had a Burford <laughs> holly up to the gutters of your house. So, no. why do you want them to cut? Why do you want to torture these poor little Carissa hollies? Well, they're sticky and they're just kind of in the way, and I can't get okay. to my hose without getting stuck. All right. You know, that is a perfectly good reason. I like that reason. <laughs> when they poke you and make you mad, then we prune them back. Um, yeah. So how far back? We, they're four feet tall now, and how far would be usable and pretty for you? I'd like to come back to half. I think you could do it. As long as you leave about eh, 50% of the foliage on it scattered throughout. Don't whack it back with a chainsaw <laughs> right across the top. Yeah. Don't take four feet back to two feet flat across the top with a chainsaw. But if you can get in and they're small enough to do um, some hand pruning and loppers and hand pruners in there and try just to remove the tallest stuff in the middle, some of the wider stuff on the outside, reduce the size of it, leaving foliage throughout the holly, I think you're going to be perfectly fine. You can do it this afternoon. You can wait till next week. Get it done by the 1st of March. Okay, so can I, can I do the same thing to a dwarf pitosporum? Pitosporum? Uh, yes, and, but emphasize, keep some foliage on the interior okay, of the plant. It. You need some leaves inside there to uh, feed the new buds that are going to sprout out and cover it up again as, when it's in smaller stature. All right. All right. I'm good. All right. <clears throat> Nothing to it, Ann. Thanks for calling. You bet. At 745, we've got Marvin 
down in Stockbridge in Henry County. Hey, Marvin, good morning. Hey there, Walt. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Marvin. What's up? Well, I got plum trees, and usually, uh, just as soon as I get plums on, the cuculio, uh get them. Yes, them. Yeah. What can I do before they bloom? What a smart man. I want everybody to admire Marvin right now for being the highest IQ caller we got lined up this morning, I think. I haven't talked to everybody else, but Marvin, that is a smart question to ask because timing, again, is the key for plum curculio control, as well as for plum brown spot or brown um, brown rot control. If you have a plum tree and you want to have plums, you start spraying with a fungicide. This is not for curculio. This is for brown rot. You start this fungicide when the plum is blooming, and that's going to be in, what, three weeks maybe from now is about when plums bloom. And so you need to have that spray at the ready. Some sort of fungicide, captan works fine. Dacanil works fine. But spray the flowers. It doesn't kill the bees. doesn't hurt the bees because it's just a fungicide. And so you spray the flowers when they're opened up good. And spray maybe another time where most of them are falling off. And then you go to a insecticide, home orchard spray kind of stuff. And that is what gets the curculio under control because you are smart enough to know that if you get them when they're young, you don't have any adults. And young ones are very susceptible to insecticide, organic or inorganic insecticide. Either way, get them when they're little bitty, and you can control the weevil, the curculio that gets into plums and makes them fall off and gives the worms in them. Okay. Now, what was the name brand that fungicide? Uh, Daconil is one, D-A-C-O-N-I-L, Daconil. And the other one is Captan, C-A-P-T-A-N. All right. Either one works. But timing key get it done before it's blooming have that stuff ready and the sprayer ready and spray when the blooms open and again i refer people to my website all the time but if you go to walterreeves.com type in plum or spray schedule either way you'll get to a place that will tell you exactly what when why and how all right Walter. well thank you very much it is my great pleasure marvin thanks for calling all right you have a good one Coming up in the next hour, we've got a special guest this morning. Mario Camperbella is going to be with us, and he's going to talk about his new job as a city of Atlanta's planner for urban gardening. You think Atlanta doesn't have any gardens now? We're going to have some gardens. Mario will be with us, and we're going to talk about gardening in Atlanta. And you, if you have questions about your community garden, whether it's in the city of Atlanta or not, the issues are the same. If you have questions about community gardening, the 8 o'clock hour, Mario will be with us, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's 747. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. Man, I might just chill tonight. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically today is a little dual personality kind of day. Look outside the windows. Hey, bright, sunny, blue skies, fabulous one. You go outside and you think, man, it's chilly out here. Woo! Temperatures today going into the meh, 40 degrees is where it will be this afternoon. And then tonight coming down to the low 20s, just a couple of clouds. Beautiful skies. If you bundle up, you can get things done. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, tomorrow you can pick up your edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, an analysis of the roles of politics and religion. You wouldn't think that politics and religion would have anything to do with each other, but Lord have mercy, they do. They're coming to us, and the primary election is coming up, and the AJC will have all the details about that. Kathy is in Cumming, Georgia, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Kathy, hey, good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help, Kathy? Um, last year, I was one of several callers somehow all on the same day that had bags of daffodil bulbs that they had not planted. Yeah. And you said, well, you still have time to do that today. <clears throat> so I went out and I planted them, like you said, and they came up. They were gorgeous. And so <clears throat> half of my excitement last time was thinking, well, I get to enjoy this next year and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I only have about... 30% of them coming up. Oh, Kathy, come on. And I'm wondering, well, what did I do wrong, or is it the weather, or I thought animals didn't bother them. Did I maybe have a squirrel No, this them? is not animals. The daffodil bulbs are poisonous, and so they don't like them at all. Okay. Um, is there any chance they were planted in a place that stayed wet and got a lot of soggy soil around it? Well, I mean, maybe because we had a whole bunch of rain for... Yeah. A while. I mean, um, wetness is more the death of bulbs than anything else in the soil, particularly in Georgia. You got a lot of clay and it holds water, and if it rains a lot, if it's a little low place where the bulbs are planted, they're not going to like that at all. Well, they were up higher, but okay. I well, you did right. Done that. I guess I could try to dig up a couple of them. I was just going to suggest, Kathy, that this okay. afternoon we get a shovel and we go out and we do a little exploration in the bulb beds and see what's down there and what's not. <laughs> It's always today. Yeah. <laughs> or tomorrow, or maybe sometimes yesterday. Uh, but if you will dig around, you may be surprised that some of the daffodils are simply not emerged yet because they're later blooming daffodils, and maybe the foliage just hadn't started coming up out of the ground. And uh, I, hope, I hope that that's the case. I hope that you'll find surprises and say, whoa, look here, we're going to have daffodils all over the place. Well, if I have some coming up in another area that don't really have to be there, could I move them, or yeah. do I need to just leave them alone? Move them. Go ahead and do it. Okay. Daffodils are tough. Then. They're not going to swoon and die on you. Daffodils and okay. daylilies both. There's not a day in, in the year that you can't move a daffodil, other than maybe the day it blooms. They don't like that particularly, but uh, moving them around. If you get a big clump and just try to move the clump all by itself, not individual bulbs, but okay. big I'll clump will be that. fine. All, all right, right. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for calling. It's great talking to okay. you. Don't forget, if you want to see daffodils in their glory, in their spectacular glory, two places in Georgia. One, the Atlanta Botanical Garden downtown. Lots and lots and lots of flowering bulbs there. Two, Gibbs Gardens up in Ballground, Georgia. Enormous numbers of daffodils blooming there. You can get both places online, Atlanta Botanical Garden or Gibbs Gardens, either one. Well worth your time to go and visit them. It's 7.57 and one half at News Talk WSB. We'll have a good discussion about urban gardens with my friend Mario in the next hour. If you've got questions, 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. Cause you make me feel Like I'm alive again. 